Hey, Wolfpack Nation. Welcome back to Scott Wood, this one-man Wolfpack. This will be a unique podcast today for the fact that there is no guest. So you only get to hear one voice, and that'll be me today. So it'll be pretty quick, pretty simple, getting you guys ready for the holiday season so you guys don't have to listen too much. We're going to go over the NCAA IARP, what came out. Uh, We're going to talk briefly about the Purdue game, the Richmond game. Uh, and the upcoming games, starting to get into the ACC play, starting with, you know, Wright State, and then we'll get into the ACC. But before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one pay through to turn your bonus into cash. With their rush pay instant approval withdrawing, your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With the basketball conferences tipping off, get into action by going to betrivers.com today by downloading the Bet, Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. So before we get started, I think the first thing that, you know, a lot of NC State fans want to know about is this little NCAA investigation that came out, the FBI, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm going to just go by, by what came out. Uh, you know, this was filmed on Tuesday. What came out yesterday is the NCAA IARP. So I'm going to assume a lot of the, the listeners today know what I'm talking about, but if you don't, it was a payment to Dennis Smith back in the 2016-2017 season. There's a big investigation on the coaches. NCAA slapped themselves uh, on the wrist for a lot of it, so they did a lot of their due diligence trying to make sure that they could limit the damage as much as possible. But basically, the information uh, on what the penalty was going to be came out. Uh, It was a loss of $5,000. They lose one scholarship, and they have to vacate 15 wins from the 2016-2017 season. So I was actually on the Pack Pride podcast uh, and Dr. Uh, Debbie Yao was on there with us. So I was able to get some, some better insight than what I normally would have had. Obviously, being a former athlete, I, I know a little bit, but I don't know the full details of it. But after hearing this punishment, I think the one thing that really stands out to me is that these current players are not going to be penalized for something that has happened in the past and that was my biggest takeaway. You know, I look at Oklahoma State with uh, uh, with their coach and the emotion that he showed and what he felt for, you know, these kids being penalized for something. Uh, obviously, a little bit different situation, but at the same time, there's there's no reason for kids that were in middle school and, and high school to be penalized for something that happened back in 2016-17. Uh, I think, you know, the NCAA – and they don't always get it right, but they got this one right. And the fact that they tried to penalize who they thought were the guilty party. Uh, I know, you know, Dr. Yao mentioned, you know, obviously this is a disappointment, but it also is a good job that they found who they thought were the guilty party. And again, one of the things we all come back to is it, it's not a hundred percent definitive, you know, uh, Ms. Yao mentioned that on the phone that they couldn't definitively tell that Coach Orlando Early said anything about a payment. You know, it's just one person that came out with information that led to an investigation. So 
again, I think the one thing we can kind of, you know, just be happy about is it's, it's in the past. Uh, a lot of things that, 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 you know, NC state fans may not necessarily think about is this is a big weight off coach Keats's shoulder. You know, if anybody talked with him, being able to recruit has been a mess because of the fact that when kids are being recruited, they ask what's going to happen with this investigation. Is there going to be an NCAA tournament ban? You know, are they going to take away even more scholarships? So now that, you know, before coach Keith said, I have no idea. I literally don't know what's going to happen. You know, we, we hope it's not bad, but, but there's no idea. So now it's a weight lift off his shoulders because I'll tell you personally, as a guy that was, was recruited, uh, I use the Indiana uh, as, as an example. Uh, Kelvin Sampson was the head coach at Indiana. I grew up in Indiana, obviously a very prestigious school, a lot of history there, a place that I would have probably considered a little bit more, but there was an issue going on that over texting. Now, obviously you can text as much as you want, but he got in trouble because at that time you were not supposed to send X amount of text messages out. He did. They had not penalized them yet. They were just looking into it, trying to gather all the information, very similar to NC State, which led me not to really consider Indiana because I did not know, you know, if would I miss an NCAA tournament because of it? What would happen afterwards? So that is one of the reasons that I feel good because NC State can now just kind of move on from the situation. You know, Coach Keats knows the penalty. He knows that he can go out and recruit with confidence. So, uh, you know, I won't say it's a big win, but uh, it's definitely a, a good start for, for NC State. So we'll slowly move on to the Purdue game that was in Brooklyn. Um, it's, it's one of those games where these are going to be two tough games to kind of talk about. So I'm going to try to stay, you know, as positive as I can. I, I tend to be a very critical and negative person, but I think that's just the, the basketball background in me when I watch these games I automatically turn into a coach and things that I would, I would do different. But with that being said, quick hitters from the Purdue game, they played a really good 30, 27 to 30 minutes. I mean, phenomenal. They're playing the number one team in the nation. I cannot reiterate this enough. The number one team in the nation. Final score, Purdue 82, NC State 72, an overtime game. Baby T shined. He had 21 points, three rebounds. Sebron had 18, six, and four. Cam Hayes had 12, five, and two. Helms had 12, three, and one. And then a big kicker for me because I said at the beginning of the year, I thought Cam Hayes needed to be the team MVP for them to really go. And my second one was Casey Marcel. Casey, with an ankle injury, for granted, this is his first, first game back, three and five. So didn't have a great game, but again, ankle injury. And then Ebenezer, who, who we'll kind of get into, uh, had no points and two rebounds. So that's, that's a big one for me. He's gotten a lot better, but we also got to hold him a little bit accountable on the boards. NC State shot 42% from the field, 38% from the three-point line, and 80% from uh, – Sorry, 38 from three and 80% from the free throw line. Purdue Trevavion Williams had a career high 22 points. Uh, Jay Nivey, who's probably going to be a top 10 draft pick this year, had 22. And uh, Stefanovic, who, when me and Joe Giglio talked uh, earlier in the week, who was one of his keys to stopping 
had 12 points. Um, again, baby T was definitely a bright spot. I mean, his just, his fearlessness, uh, is, is just unmatched. He has so much confidence when he's out there constantly playing hard, so loose. It's actually kind of, you know, really refreshing just to watch him go out there. And I think moving forward between him, you know, uh, Cam Hayes, Casey Marcel, and Jericho, they're going to have to give Sebron uh, a little bit of a break because Sebron is really doing it all. He's playing phenomenal. But I think especially in the Purdue game, the last 10 minutes, you really saw them start to, you know, almost send three guys at him. They're sitting in the paint on, you know, Darion Sebron. People are going to have to open up the paint for him. They're going to have to make shots. We're going to need a second legitimate option. Um, again, I use the example all the time. My Sweet 16 team, you know, I had 10 guys averaging double figures. We had C.J. Williams, me, C.J. Leslie, Richard Howe, Lorenzo Brown. It's hard to guard. And I think this NC State team has those type of pieces to where they can spread it out a little bit more, but they're going to have to step up. You know, uh, Jericho Helms is going to have to step up being an upperclassman. We got to be able to spread that floor, open things up so Sebron can really kind of go to work. Because once we get into the bulk of the ACC schedule and you're playing against talent and length, they're really going to stop Sebron a little bit and slow him down. I don't think they'll completely stop, stop him, but they, they'll definitely slow him down. The second big thing um, after Baby T is rebounding. We have to rebound the ball better. Sebron had six rebounds. Outside of that, Cam Hayes had five. Baby T had three. Jericho Helms, who's playing, you know, the four position, had three. So we're not getting a lot of rebounding out of the bigs. Am I completely terrified by it? No, because I also know, you know, when you're playing against guys that are bigger a lot of times the bigs are told to just make sure your man doesn't get the rebound but then that means the guards got to clean it up gang rebounding is what we call it so it's one of those things that we got to be able to rebound the ball we're, we're a smaller lineup obviously no manny so we got to find a way to rebound the ball and i think the bigs got to do a little bit better job with that third thing that sticks out in that game and again this will be one of those things that i mentioned in the richmond game scoring lapses uh, we're just going too cold for too long. We've got to find a way to, to have that consistency. we got to find a way to get easier shots. We're taking a lot of what I would call tough, contested shots. And again, it just leads to us going stretches with two minutes, three minutes, where we don't score the basketball. And when you have a 10 to 14-point lead like we did against Purdue and you have that lapse all of a sudden, they're the number one team in the nation. They're gonna they're gonna crawl back into the ball game, especially when you're not scoring the basketball. And then on the defensive side, this is something that uh, again I, I mentioned on the podcast the other day with Pack Pride. If you want to check it out, double team in the post. Uh, Williams absolutely killed us down low. Edie, who I thought would kill us, didn't didn't give us much of a problem. Obviously, Purdue is full of shooters. It's 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 known, but we've got to find who we can help off of, who we can double team to take a little bit of pressure off EB, a little bit of pressure off Jericho Helms to not get them in foul trouble because once EB gets in foul trouble, we get really, really thin. And that's something we need to avoid. It is also something that I'm going to talk about uh, with the Richmond game as well. We had guards and forwards posting in that game. So it is something that I'm going to talk about as well. 
But overall, the Purdue game, end up losing by 10. A lot of it is, you know, that overtime, some very questionable calls at the end, which I feel like happens to us a lot, so I don't really need to talk about it. But, again, it's really good 30 minutes of basketball. I, I feel like I can say this about this team a lot. Really good 30 to 35 minutes of basketball. They just got to find ways to win a game. And I think that starts with the scoring lapses and just continuing to play smart and get that consistency on the offensive end. Then we'll move on to uh, this Richmond game. But before we move on to that, need a local real estate agent? As we all know, the real estate market is crazy right now. Maybe you have questions or maybe you just need an honest opinion from a trusted real estate professional to ensure your best interest is protected. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, call Refivey with Dogwood Properties. For a seamless home buying or selling experience, give Refivey a call. Special to our audience, if you're considering the possibility of buying or selling a home, call Refivey on his personal sell at 919-995-3111. Again, that's 919-995-3111. He's the best in the triangle and a personal friend. And again, big NC State guy. With the way the market is, if you think you can get a lot of money on your house and you're looking to get and move into somewhere else, whatever it may be, investment home, please give Reef a call. Great guy. So moving on to the Richmond game, obviously a game in Charlotte too. Uh, you know, away from home games, not necessarily an away game. Uh, but again, I, I felt like State, you know, they played solid. There's just those offensive laps. So getting into the stats a little bit. Richmond 84, State 72, Darion Sebron with another monster game, which is something you're going to hear consistently, 21, 13, and 3. Baby T, another, another guy that's coming along, freshman that's playing phenomenal, absolutely fearless, 18 and 2. Cam Hayes, 16 and 2. Jericho Helms, 12 and 4. And EB had a much better rebounding game uh, with, with 5 and 8. So, um, NC State went 38 from the field, 31% from three, and 61% from the free throw line, which probably shot us in the foot a little bit. That did not help because on the other side of it, Golden had 19, Burton had 16, KO had 14, and Gilliard had 13 for Richmond. Uh, again, the first thing that kind of sticks out from those statistics is 61% from the free throw line. Uh, it definitely shot us in the foot a little bit. And then on the other side of it, which again, this is a very NC state statistic, uh, last in the a 10 free throw shooting teams is Richmond. And they shot 63%, uh, for the year yesterday or the other day at the game, 80%. So they shot almost 17% above what they normally shoot. So a very NC state statistic for sure. Uh, Going into the game and digging into it a little bit again, uh, the emergence of baby T being a freshman, just being so fearless. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I think that the nickname for him shouldn't be baby T. It should be microwave because he turns it on uh, any minute and he is hot quickly. But on the positive side of this, again, I feel like they played a solid game for, for most of it. One thing that we did much better than the Purdue game, obviously Purdue has a little bit more size, a little bit more athleticism, is we were rebounding much better. I thought EB had a great game. He had five points and eight rebounds, few block shots. Uh, that's how we need him to be. We don't need him to score double figures, but we need him to have, you know, 
seven, eight, nine, ten rebounds a game, be able to alter shots at the rim when, you know, the guards um, get blown by. That's what we need from him. Obviously, again, the Purdue game's completely different. You're playing against Quavion Williams and uh, – not Quavion, but uh, Travion Williams and Edie, which is a seven-foot-four guy. So, obviously, getting rebounds is going to be a lot more difficult because you got some more, a little bit more size in there. But we just need that consistency, and he's going to continue to grow. The more he gets minutes, I think even – you know, the last few games, you've really started to see his growth. Uh, you know, I think of the Nebraska game when he started to get those block shots at the end. That's where I really started to see his growth. And I think Coach Keats has done a really good job at starting to develop him and really bring him on with Manny out. The next thing about this game is out of timeout plays. We have to execute better. I don't know if it will fall on Coach Keats, I don't know if it'll fall on the execution, but there's been a couple times where we just pass the ball in and we get no movement and we don't get a good shot. Out of timeouts, we should score six, probably 60 to 70% of the time. It's one of those where we can draw up a play, we can get the ball in the hands of whoever we want. All you have to do is execute. I know all the coaches I played for, their biggest pet peeve was when they draw up a play you get out there and all of a sudden somebody looks like they're they're on the wrong spot. I think Cam Hayes had to do that at least once during the game. Somebody ended up in the wrong spot. He had to tell them where to go. They wanted to be a smooth, quick transition. And I felt like there's a few times out of timeouts where we could get good looks, good baskets, and we'd get a turnover or a bad shot. It's one of those things, again, that I guarantee you Coach Keats is – shown in the in the in the game room that it's just it's just basic i mean they draw it on the board basic knowledge you got to get in your spot execute set a screen whatever it may be run it the right way and, and that's one of the things that stuck out again a little bit of a scoring lapse we just have to find a way to get that consistency if we can get the consistency i, I i'm telling you I, I feel like we'll be over the hump i told um i told someone the other day We've played, we've got four losses on the year, I believe. We got Richmond, Purdue, Oklahoma State, Louisville. Louisville, we didn't score the last three minutes, okay? We ended up losing by four, I think. That's a game we should have won. Purdue, you're up 14 with 10 minutes to play. A game you got to win. Richmond, obviously scratching and calling, but it's a game that we probably should win. Oklahoma State, a game we should win. There's one factor, Manny Bates. If Manny Bates is in all four of those games, NC State could very well be undefeated. And I'm very, very critical of this team because it's I really, really, really like the guard play. But I, you also got to think, you know, Manny Bates isn't in there. What if EB continues to grow behind Manny Bates? Now you have a legitimate two-headed monster that could come in and you don't feel like you lose a lot of steam. But he's gone. So four losses there. But NC State, for a positive note, keep in mind, we've been in four games. We could legitimately, you know, two minutes of scoring here, a rebound there, could very, very easily be undefeated. So something to keep in mind. So moving on, next part of the schedule. Um, this will be released probably on Thursday. So tonight, the day that it's being recorded on Tuesday, we've got Wright State. Uh, a three and seven team. Again, this is one of those games where I feel like we should continue to focus on the growth. We should continue to develop players with the conference coming up. You know, this is 
somebody asked me the other day, what, what would you use this game for? And I said, I would use this game to throw, you know, different defenses at them, get, get, get our feet wet a little bit more so that we're a little bit more crisp on the defensive end, as well as executing on the offensive end. So a three and seven game, I, I expect to handle this one uh, pretty easily. Moving the last game in December, Miami, a seven and four team. Again, they're one of those, you know, middle of the road teams that can, can creep up and get you in the ACC. So we got to bring a good game there. And Florida State, who I think preseason was three, four in the ACC, has not had a great season this far, six and four. But again, one of those teams, it's like anything in the ACC, you got to come to play every night. I don't care who it is. You can get beat any night. Got to come to play because they're, they're a good team and they're going to figure it out, especially late in the season. I guarantee it. And then following that is Virginia Tech, a Virginia Tech team that is well coached, playing well as um, as as well at the moment. Didn't have, you know, the greatest start. So, I mean, this pretty much wraps up, you know, everything that I have. And, you know, the biggest takeaway is, is you know, just Pac Nation continue to enjoy Baby T, his growth, the youth, the things that he's doing that on the on the basketball court as a freshman is phenomenal. He's going to be a great piece for Coach Keats for years to come. We got to get that consistency on the offense, Ben. We need other guys to step up. We don't need, you know, one guy getting 20 every single night. We got to have, you know, mix it around a little bit. Make it hard to guard. Teams are going to just take away your, your best option, and then what do we have? That's what we got to figure out. Continuing to rebound the ball. EB did a much better job against Richmond. But we got a gang rebound. We got to help him out. We got to keep him out of foul trouble because the depth is not necessarily there right now. So we got to get better there. And then these upcoming games, just continuing to grow, continuing to get better, continuing to grind it out. They got to find ways to win basketball games and they got to find a way to win the close ones. It's one of the things that we've struggled with. And, you know, honestly, past that, I feel like, you know, we continue to grow. So, you know, NC State fans, you know, continue to stick with them, continue to support like you guys always have. Uh, you know, this concludes the, the, the episode. I told you it would be short. Everybody out there, I hope you have a great holiday season, uh, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year. The, the Wood family will be, you know, we got all our, our shopping done for, for baby Raleigh and baby Trey. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it being a dad. Uh, I appreciate everybody's support. Please like, follow on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all those things. And I will see you guys after the new year. So this concludes Scott Woods' One Man Wolf Pack. Go Pack. See you next year. Mm -hmm.